This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis blazing a trail to the hearts of sinners. This is a old Trailblazer broadcast. Come on, Dan, let's go. We got to get up. Got to get a getting now. And uh, we're coming down to the close of our series of studies on divine healing, true and false. And in our last study, we were looking there at how Satan uh, confuses the issue many times. It's his business to confuse. And that's what he's done in many, many ways. His main way of confusing things is by addition, adding to the gospel. And that's what we want to look at in this particular study. Satan has clouded the issue of salvation by trying to make you believe divine healing is in the atonement. Divine healing is a gospel, and it ought to be preached on equality with salvation of the soul by blood redemption. Now, that's what we have been laying, laying down to clear, clear that foundation, and I believe we've done that. But listen, Satan is always ready. I was talking to a gentleman this morning. We were talking about Satan. You know he can't tell the truth. And Satan uh, comes at you like a roaring lion. He can't tell the truth, so whatever he's telling you is not true. But we look there that divine healing uh, is what Satan uses lots of times to confuse the issue of being saved. We practice divine healing here at the old Trailblazer broadcast by praying for folks. And we've had folks healed in answer to prayer all over the country. But the individual who adds divine healing to the gospel puts the emphasis on divine healing. That's what we're talking about today. Now, listen, my friend, you listen to those who advocate uh, that as a part of the gospel. And then when you talk to those who claim to be saved under that type of preaching, they're not talking about Christ. They're talking about healing, divine healing. Oh, but my friend, now let's look at another example. We just touched on these last time. Here's an individual who advocates and preaches that you have to be baptized to be saved. And I know there's a, there's a denomination that preaches that, my friend. They preach baptismal regeneration. They put the emphasis not on blood redemption, but on baptism. And they've, they, uh, uh, to justify their stand, they'll do anything. They'll twist the scriptures. But my friend, listen. They won't sit down with you and talk about Christ. Individual, any individual who preaches baptismal regeneration and gets converts, his converts then, they're, they're not converts to Christ, but converts to baptism. Now let's look at another example. And you'll find folks who uh, speak, who, who keep Saturday as the Sabbath. We mentioned that in our last study, but I just wanted to go back over this because we more or less hit the high spot. And uh, they're, they're just confused. Their, their pet scripture is, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what he says. But he's talking to born-again believers there. And the word commandment here refers to the word of God. But listen now, let's go back. Our Lord was, according to the scriptures, was buried and rose again the third day. And that is good news only to a guilty sinner. We stressed that in our last study. Only guilty sinners ever come to Christ. The Lord came to seek and to save guilty sinners, came to save the ungodly, came to call uh, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Every sinner who is brought to Bible repentance for salvation forgets all about Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. He wants Christ above everything else. Now, let's take another example. Here's an individual who preaches you've got to belong to a certain church, mostly his church, the church that he pastors or one that he attends, or you never be saved. And they'll turn the world upside down, uh, inside out, trying to prove that his church is the apostolic church or the true church. When all is said and done, it is Christ plus the church membership for salvation. 
And if he gets any converts, they're converted to his church, not to the Lord. And he made them a two, four more, a child of hell. Now, I believe in the New Testament church. The old trailblazer does. We, we preach uh, the New Testament is the church of God. And I, I, I do, my friend. But listen, listen. Uh, we're not going to cloud the issue of salvation with those great doctrines and great truths of God's word. Is baptism, the Holy Spirit, filling of the Holy Spirit. And all. No, divine healing. If you're saved, you have, you have gotten to the Christ. If you hadn't, you're not saved. And church membership has nothing in the world to do with salvation. Now, I tell my folks here and folks who will listen to them, uh, when you when you speaking to someone along the line of salvation, don't ask them what church they belong to. That has nothing to do with salvation. I tell my folks, ask them, uh, do they know the Lord? Are you saved? Are you Have you been redeemed? Are you washed in the blood? Not what church you belong to. See, there's a stigma there about belonging or being a member of some big church on the hill with their tall, tall steeple and the stained glass windows and a, and a doctor, Reverend Dr. So-and-so with about eight uh, DDs and PhDs and all those things behind his name. Pastor Shelton used to tell us that DD, uh, I know what it stands for, Doctor of Divinity, but he said it belonged, he said it signified a dead dog. That's right. Oh, my friend, listen, I think about much about the city of refuge, Let's, let's keep that road clear. Let's don't clutter it up with all of these things. Back there in those days, it is said, there were special men appointed to go up and down the roads that led to the city of ref, the cities of refuge to see if all the bridges were okay and if all the trees were falling across the road. All of those things, my friend, it's only by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we're saved. Now, that's, that's, that's it's gospel pure and simple, my friend. Now, let's look at one other illustration. That's the individual who is so hung up on his doctrine, his particular doctrine. And listen, but he will rise up and say that unless you believe like he believes, you're not saved. And when he gets converts, they're converted to his belief and not to Christ. I told you about a man, a gentleman called me several months ago. He had just moved into the local area, and he was a Southern Baptist preacher. And he called me wanting to make friends and have fellowship. And we did. We spoke a good while. Finally, he got around to asking me, did we, did we preach uh, Calvinism or the calling of God, the election of God? And I said, well, certainly we do. I said, I don't know much about Mr. Calvin, but I know the Bible speaks that we are called and that we are elected and we are predestinated. And, and he, he said, well, you must be a Calvinist. You preach that damnable doctrine of, 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 of election, you must be a Calvinist, and hung up the phone on me. I never met him. I don't guess I ever will, unless he gets saved and meet him in heaven. But listen, it's not what you believe that saves you. It's whom you believe. Now, let's get that clear, just clear as a bell. You ever heard that old expression, clear as a bell? I guess at night, when you can hear a bell on a cold winter night, it's clear. Just a clear sound. So the old folks had a saying, as clear as a bell. Listen, have you gotten to Christ? Very often we get letters from folks here all uh, uh, wanting, to answer, wanting me to answer a bunch of questions and, and uh, all of those things about what I believe and what we preach. And I do have a, a, sta a mission statement put together that I'll send you, but I don't usually go into much with these fellas. They, they got their mind made up and they're going... Uh, someone is selling going to hell, hell already. But listen, brother, you're not saved by what you believe. 
And when you're saved, you're going to put the emphasis on Christ. All of your doctrine is going to center around him. It's Christ or hell, my friend. Now let's look at another illustration. Who You have folks who tell us, unless we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, you're not saved. Now I've heard that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, that speaking in tongues is an evidence of salvation. Those who advocate such doctrine confuse salvation, and, and the converts uh, they get are not converted to Christ, but to an experience. And it's ever kind of a schism and ism uh, experience, if you want to call it that. And uh, speaking of speaking in tongues, they don't talk to you about Christ, but they speak about the experience they've had and speak and and speaking in tongues. And I told you, I believe I did. I had a friend of mine who was a truck driver, and he was up in Washington D.C. and he was a he was he was a lost man wanting to be saved. And he went to a little church. They was having a meeting up there, and he parked his truck over there on the park somewhere and left it running. He had a load to get out in the morning, and he went to that church. And after the service was coming down to a close, they wanted to know if anybody wanted to be saved. So he raised his hand. He wanted to be saved. He was honest. Two or three or four other fellows did. And he said they took them back in a little back room back there, and a couple of the brethren come back there and began to pray with them and pray over them and, and uh, speaking in tongues. And they told him, said, you got to speak in tongues before you can be saved. Uh, and he said uh, they they didn't want him to leave, didn't want any of them to leave. And he said he was getting anxious because he had a truck out there running, and he had to get out of there. And uh, so if this, this particular man was from South America down there in one of those countries, and he spoke a language down there that we don't understand. So he started speaking in that. And uh, boy, they went to Yupin and Holland, and he's got it, he's got it, he's got it. And... Uh, they give him a certificate that he was saved and let him out of there. Now, this is a true story, my friend. Listen, that's how that's how terrible this is. That's how bad it is. Listen, listen, I'm battling for your soul, my friend. I'm giving my soul, my heart, my life to clear all the rubbish away that a sinner may see himself as lost and undone and come on to know the Lord then put away all of that rubbish that's there. Now, I do, my friend. Listen, I, I, I make this statement oftentimes. If one poor soul gets saved by the old trailblazer's ministry, not mine, but the Lord's ministry, and that soul is yours, it'll be worth it all. It'll be worth everything I put into it, my life. Listen, I asked you, do you know the Lord? Do you know Christ? Listen, listen. Folks will come back and say, yes, I know Christ, but uh, I believe you say, but uh, if, no, it's Christ plus nothing and minus nothing. You say, I know Christ, but, and they want to go on to talk to you about speaking in tongues and divine healing and so forth and so on. But my friend, God's child, Christ is my life, is our life. There's no but there, no and there, no conjunction there. It's Christ. Christ, the sinner and circumference of our life. Without Christ, we have nothing. With Christ, we have everything. Now, my friend, I'm just old simple, simple old boy, corn pone, if you want to call me that. But I'm bringing you God's word. This is the truth, my friend. All of this hoorah that we have today on the market is nothing but sat satanic inspired. And I know folks don't understand me, and I know folks get mad with me, but it's satanic inspired. Now, I've, 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 
I've seen it, hundreds and hundreds of those cases. And when all of that fluff is wore off and all of that come down, uh, they don't have they don't have the reality of Christ. I want to send you that little book, if you will, uh, the reality of Christ. Christ is a living reality, my friend, to ever born again believer. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not a light over there in a the corner. You're not empowered to cast out devils and all of those things. That hadn't got anything to do with salvation. But my friend, if you'd write me, I'll send you that book. And then I also, we're putting this uh, divine healing, true and false, back in print. And I'll be glad to send you a copy of it when we get it ready. If you'll write me, you write me and tell me you'd like to read it. It goes into a lot more detail in what I'm doing. And uh, I'll be glad to send it to you free and postpaid, and uh, if you would. But my heart is my heart is heavy for folks who are deceived. Satan, Satan is going about devouring uh, those whom he can, uh, intimidating folks. Uh, I have folks who are intimidated to even say, "I want to be saved." Have you ever done that? Have you ever asked the Lord to save you? Have you ever said, "Lord, save me, or I perish"? Have you ever done that? This is the old trailblazer. My time's about up. I want to mention that we have Pastor Shelton's book here on demon possession that we're offering now. 350 Demon Possession, a little 100-page paperback book that Pastor Shelton wrote many years ago. And it'll, it'll go along with what we're bringing you here. If you would, remember my mailing address. It's the Old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my website, radiomissions.org. Until next time, goodbye and God bless you.